Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another round of Deep Dives with Father Sean, the super duper catechesis podcast. This is inspired by the catechism's reminder that times of renewal in the church are also intense moments of catechesis. So that's what I intend today. We're going to keep on moving forward with a little metaphysics. Uh, kind of like Metaphysics Part 2. It's on causality. should be a lot more fun, interesting, a little easier access to some more dynamic examples. But, um, yep, should be a good time. Should be a good time. I'm looking forward to this here. Because um, last time, it was deep. It was deep. I hope it wasn't too deep. Tried to take it slow, but also tried to keep it moving somewhat fast, just so that, you know, it wouldn't go on forever and ever and ever. But, um, yep, I, we, we covered a lot of ground. We covered a lot of ground for sure. But uh, this, is, this is kind of a, just a piece of understanding the world, an important piece of understanding the world. You know, kind of just put it all in the context. You know, all the all the great philosophers of the past, you know, who were who were diving in and asking the big big fat questions, um, looking for the answers to their their experience of wonder and awe of the universe. Well, how'd this get here? Where'd this come from? What's how? What is this world in which I live in? Who am I as a human being? What what the what the heck? What's going on here? So. These are these are big questions, and the ultimate question is, what what is it all, and why even why is it all? And so you know the philosophers all have had their different understandings of what it is, the the very core of existence being itself. Well, it's not, it's not uh, you know all these different things that the ancients thought. It's not just atoms. It's not just. Um, water wind fire earth it's it's not pure change it's it's being itself just being raw being and that's what we dove into last week <laughs> so it's a little deep but uh this will be better this will be better here today so if you've persevered there are probably a few people that i lost last time and bummer but for you who persevere you're gonna like this episode this is just kind of fun obvious stuff you know this is not getting into too deep uh, simple categories. This is a nice little episode on causality. So the next episode is going to be bridging last episode on metaphysics in general, what is being, and this episode on causality. And we're going to work on a philosophical argument, or rather a series of philosophical arguments for the existence of God, primarily Aquinas's five ways. St. Anselm also has his own argument. I'm not sure I'm going to address that. It's I don't know if it is convincing for people. Uh, there's debate on whether it's real and effective or, or it's logically consistent or not. Um, maybe I'll mention it next week just because it'll be like a little, it's like a tongue twister for the brain, a little brain teaser. So anyways, let's dive on in here to the topic of the day. Let us pray in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, cultivate a spirit of awe inside of us, a spirit of awe and wonder. Help us to see the world as it truly is, with the eye of the artist, with the eye of of someone who, who loves creation and recognizes creation as part of themselves and recognizes it as coming from somewhere. And so we ask that you guide us in this conversation. We ask this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Very good. So we're talking about causality, causes. 
and you know causes only make sense in a world of change you know if everything was static if everything was mo not moving if everything never changed we wouldn't really have any measurement of time because time is kind of like saying okay well it used to be like this now it's like this it kind of is a uh, kind of a, a standard for measuring the rate of change and it's helpful but if everything never moved you know there would be no time you know you wouldn't measure it you wouldn't we wouldn't exist we wouldn't communicate with each other you know time is is a pretty wild just simple fact and it's in the world of change it's a world of changed you know there's different kind of changes too you know we could probably get into all kinds of nuances here but i'm just going to highlight two two little changes or one they can be big i guess but two little categories of change the first is non-essential change the other is essential change the first is a change where the being doesn't change there's just something about the being that changes the second is the thing changes itself it is a new reality afterwards so let's let's flesh this out a little bit more with with some examples here the first category again is non-essential change the reality that's changing here are the non-essential parts of a being because if it was the essence of a being that changed well then it would be an essential change but we're talking about a non-essential change for the technical terminology here the non-essential elements of a thing well we're going to call them accidents we can just call them non-essential characteristics as well but uh, the tradition is given a substance so we'll use that or excuse me the tradition has used the word accidents so we'll call this accidental change, non-essential change. You know, it's like cheese melting. You know, you can have a piece of cheese carved into a squirrel and you put it in the microwave and it's going to come out shaped like a coin, right? <laughs> Just a little disc of cheese. It could get kind of gross if it starts to burn, but that burning is a different reaction. It's a different form of change. But just the pure melting of it, you know, you go to a fondue palace or wherever you got little fondue uh, melted cheese there that you're dipping your bread or crackers in or whatever you know that's just melted cheese it was cheese before and it was cheese afterwards the accidents there's a non-essential characteristic that has changed this is the shape of it or you think of a human being you know a human being can have hair one day and he can wake up in 10 years and be bald <laughs> you know, it's the same human being right but there is this non-essential characteristic. There's this accident that has changed. And now he's bald. And, you know, it's okay. It's, in fact, it's maybe the best option. I recommend baldness for everyone out there who is tired of dealing with their hair. Anywho, d enough of the dumb jokes, right? Um, so this haircut, or going bald, it's an accidental change. It doesn't change the being itself. Um, having a child you know, that's a big change in life it's a big change in life it changes someone from being a man to to a dad they don't stop being a man they don't stop being the same man in fact uh, my dad Dan O'Brien you know he was Dan O'Brien before he he received me into the world and he's Dan O'Brien after but there's a characteristic that is not essential to him even though it's a permanent part of his reality now, he, was, he can still be Dan O'Brien without his son around. And so it's an accidental change. We think of water. We can think of water. Water can freeze. Water can vaporize. 
it's still water. It's still water, right? Just the non-essential characteristic, the accident of the, the phase of water has changed. Now, the essential change is where, okay, you know, accidents might change, but what is the core of the change, the essence of the change, what is doing the changing is not the accidents that we're focusing on, but it's the substance, the very core of the thing, the essence of it. This is changing from one being to another being. So if you put that cheese in the microwave way too long, it's not just going to melt, it's going to burn. It no longer is cheese. It is now carbon, garbage, nastiness, uh, wood burning. It is no longer wood afterward. It's, again, some kind of a carbon reality. Or, or maybe when you, you control the burning a little bit more carefully with sugar, you get caramel, you get caramel, yum, 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 yum. It's, it's a sugary substance, but it's not cane sugar anymore. It's not cane sugar anymore. It's caramel. The reality of it has changed. The substance of it has changed. Or a human being. You know, if I lose my hair, I'm still who I am, Sean O'Brien. But if I die, what you see here will be the corpse of Sean O'Brien. I will still exist, but my soul will be there. My body will be here. And when you look at my body, you will not see the substance of who I am. You'll just see my corpse. It is a substantial change. Death. Death is a substantial change. So, some just little simple categories there and change in general. Um, a, a general theory that we go on, not a theory, a theorem. Uh, a theorem is some statement of fact that really can't be proven. It is of such a high regard that uh, that you can't do a an argument for its existence. You might that is uh, that is going to make it logically impossible to, to deny. It might be logically impossible to deny. Excuse me, it might not be logically impossible to deny, to deny which means that it is, you have to believe it, otherwise you're, you're a nutso person. But, but you know, you, you can't prove it. You know, it's not like 2 plus 2 equals 4. You just got to have some common sense when you look at it. And this is what it is. That's a theorem. Every being undergoing a real change must have when it within itself a real metaphysical composition of two co-principles related to each other as act and potency. That is to say, it's a kind of a tough thing to say, there's two realities of something undergoing a change. There is the act of the being standing out of its existence, the act of its very own being in its own particular way, and then there's the new reality that it's moving into, the potency, the possibility. Potency comes from the word power. Um, so there's a, there's a power, there's an ability. So there's these two dimensions of any form of change. Now let's get into this a little bit now. Um, th because we talked a lot about act, that uh, being, that it will always have some basic act to it. It stands out from non-being. And it does so just by acting in its own particular way. Now, it might change how it acts. You know, I'm acting as a human being today, and tomorrow I might be acting as a corpse. <laughs> I don't know. So today I might be acting as a bald guy. Uh, tomorrow I might be acting as someone who has luscious golden locks. Who knows? 
but to have this change, I must today have the potency to be able to change into that. So, potency. We can also almost just straight up call them possibilities. It's the openness to something else. And it's the closedness to something else as well. So, for example, to have... I have a potency, I have the possibility of becoming a saint. A baby has the possibility, the potency of being an adult. Water has a bunch of different possibilities, just like anything else. You know, anything has a possibility, um, has a different, has a bazillion different potencies, really. Water can quench thirst. Water can give life to a desert. Water can be used in a toilet. Water can freeze. Water can become vapor. Water has all these different possibilities, that's to say potencies. Water has to exist, it has to be first and foremost, but then it has the possibility to be in another way at another time. So, it has potency. Everything has potency. A magazine has potency. It has the potency to be read, or it has the potency to not be read. It has the potency to be burnt. It has the potency to get soggy in water. A magazine has the potency to, oof, I don't know, uh, change color when I give it to my nephew with a crayon. You know, <laughs> it has all these different potencies, and it's it's open to these things. However, my magazine does not have the potency to become a unicorn. It does not have the potency to become a human being. It does not have the potency um, to, to uh, you know, do something that it just can't do. What it can do, it has the potency of doing. What it can't do, it does not have the potency of doing. It will never, ever, ever become a rhinoceros. It does not have that potency. So, potency is a limiter, isn't it? Potency is a limiter. You know, my magazine has limits. Those limits are defined by the various array of potencies. And they're, they're nearly infinite because it can, you can look different ways. You know, with a crayon, I could make a bazillion different uh, ways that this magazine could exist tomorrow. With a one just mark here or with a bazillion marks all over it and making it a whole different color. You know, but it's a limiter. It's a limiter. It can be some things, but it can't be other things. Even genies in the bottle, think of Aladdin. It has a bunch of different possibilities or potencies, but there are some changes it can't do because uh, there's the three laws of the genies if you've seen Aladdin, right? Can't bring someone back from the dead. Let's see if I can remember it. You can't make someone fall in love with you, and you can't ask for more wishes. You can't be done. Can't be done. Those are the limiters. Those are some limits on the potency of a genie. Just as a fun little story. A reminder for all of us who used to watch Aladdin. All right, so hopefully that's not too complicated. Every being has potency. It can become some things. Every being has act. It is something at this moment. And for there to be a change, you have to be at this moment, and you have to have the possibility to be something else. You have to have an act of being here and now, and you also have the potency of having some element of you change. Let's talk about the four causes. This is really going to be the key element that will lead us to the, the next part of it. And, and I guess, you know, as a little intro here, I should mention that everything, this was the principle of sufficient reason that I 
mentioned last time, even though I kind of forgot to mention when I did my original recording, everything has the reason for its existence in itself or in another. Everything has the reason for its existence in itself or in another. That is to say, you exist without a cause or you have a cause. You don't have a cause and not have a cause. You will either have a cause or not. <laughs> so now we're going to get into the types of causes. There are four causes. There are four different causes that we're going to look at. Uh, they kind of got fancy titles, you know, all these different things do. It's kind of how it goes. Material cause, formal cause, efficient cause, final cause, la la la. Okay, there's the, there's the different causes there with their fancy titles. There's two categories. There's the intrinsic cause. There's the extrinsic cause. Okay, yeah, yeah there you go. You got the names of it. But, but that's, we're going to just make sense out of it. We're just going to make sense out of it. It'll just be good. So, well, we'll start with these categories of the changes, the intrinsic, well, let's not do that, actually, let's put that on the back burner. First off, let's talk about the material cause, the material cause. It's the stuff of a thing. It's the stuff of a thing. Angels don't have matter. They don't have a body. Therefore, they don't have a material cause. <laughs> they do not. Angels do not have a material cause because a material cause is addressing the matter of the being. It addresses the matter of the thing, of the being. And if you don't have matter, you don't have material cause. Pretty straightforward, I think. Not too complicated. Um, you know, if, if my desk exists, it has to exist with matter with the atoms, with the little wooden cells that have, I don't know, are wood cells alive in, in my desk? I don't think so. I don't know how to describe them. I don't know if I would call them dead, though, either. But anyways, that's that's the material cause. It's the woodness. It's the woodness that my desk is. The formal cause. Think of form, you know, it has more nuance on it, but let's just begin with the simplicity of thinking of like form as like the shape of a thing. The, the shape of a thing. It's the essence. It is the form of it. Or we can even say it's the nature of it. You know, of, of my desk here, the form is the shape that is recognizable as a desk. You know, it could, it could change a little bit of the shape and still remain identifiable as a desk. It would still have its form as a desk, even though the different expression of the form might change a bit. But it's, but it's still holding the nature of a of a desk you know it might not have drawers it might have drawers it might have a smaller tabletop it might have a bigger tabletop but as long as i can pull up a chair to it and ride on it in an in an easily easy way we're gonna we're gonna recognize this as a desk that's the form of a desk the essence of a desk the nature of a desk so these first two causes are in the category of intrinsic. That's to say, these causes are just part of the thing. They're just part of the thing. They're not outside. I haven't talked about, you know, the uh, the woodsman who chopped down the tree here. I haven't talked about uh, why the tree was put together. You know, nope, nope, nope. I'm just talking about the the existence of it as is plainly visible. It, if it loses its form, it's it 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 is in the inside of it. You know the the core of it is maybe a better way to put it is is gone and so it's not it loses its if it loses its form 
it it stops being a desk and so the form of the desk is a cause from within it is its own cause because of its nature the material also has this sense you know if you get rid of the material element of the desk even though the material material element is part of the desk it is it's gone if you get rid of the material so it is based up of these things the existence of the desk depends on the continuation of the material cause the wood of my desk and the formal cause kind of the shape the nature of of being a desk so we call that intrinsic it's part of itself the causes are part of itself so they're continual right now there's a couple of causes that are outside of itself and i kind of alluded to these as well the efficient cause this is the the guy who made the desk this is the guy who made the desk you know he he cut the wood into particular shapes uh he put the shapes together he put on the the drawers and he put the handles on the drawers so that it could be opened and so on it was a guy doing it it wasn't part of the desk the desk didn't have this it's not something that continues in the future it's a one moment he put the desk into existence he made it he he put the nature of desk into the material of wood and boom you have an efficient cause you have efficient cause this is what it is uh, efficient you know it it comes out with a result it is going to have an effect it is efficient it it makes it happen it it's the doing of the thing that has the thing as a as that causes the thing to be its own result i hope i'm not talking in two difficult ways as i'm trying to explain what is kind of just obvious it's it's a pool table you know one pool ball hits the other and because one pool ball is the cause of the movement of the other we call that an efficient cause we, we, that's the efficient cause a guy who makes the desk that's the efficient cause now there's the final cause as well the final cause actually has an intellectual element of it it has an intellectual element to it necessarily the efficient cause could also be um you know the example i used previously you know a child is given well the parents are going to be the efficient cause of that for us that efficient cause is intellectual that embrace of love is an intellectual brace of love they do it with their own mutual knowing please god that's the case and but you know for squirrels who go forth and multiply they don't do that with their own intellect nonetheless they're still the efficient cause for their little squirrellings i don't know what <laughs> a squirrel cub a squirrel pup i don't know which is the right way to call it squirrellings i like that i think that's the best um the efficient cause is is the parents there but the final cause is distinct it requires an an intelligent it's the planning element of it i'm doing this in order that whatever so before the the desk maker sits down with wood and his saw and his other tools he's already forming in his mind a plan for a desk and this plan in his mind is what we call the final cause it happens first it happens before he takes the wood and takes the saw it happens before the the wood is part of it and the, the nature of the desk is there but it is the first to be thought of but it's the last in the order of execution 
the last it is fulfilled when the desk is complete. Let's walk through some other examples here. A seed, a seed from an apple tree. There comes the apple, the apple breaks open. The, the seed is there, it falls down to the ground, finds some nice dirt, it grows into a new tree. Awesome, sweet. So the material cause are the different cells that are involved in that seed. I don't know much about biology, but it's the, uh, the carbon cells, or not, they're not cells, the carbon atoms, the hydrogen atoms, etc. You know, that's the material cause. It's this, the physical stuff of, this, of the seed. The formal cause is the nature of it. It is of the nature of an apple tree. It is of the nature of the apple tree. All right. The efficient cause of that is the parent tree. The parent tree grew that apple. It nurtured this the growing seeds until those seeds came to maturity and became an actual seed. This is the efficient cause, the, uh, the tree beforehand, or maybe the, the fruit of the apple which, which nourished and nurtured that seed. And then the final cause is, you know, what's the goal of a seed? A goal of a seed is to, to be its own tree, right? To give forth apples. There's a clear final cause. Apple seeds are destined to be an apple tree that gives fruit, gives apple fruit. This is its plan. It already has a final cause. Before it existed, it was the plan. Now, who came up with that plan? Because it has to be an intelligent reality. Well, God did. God did in one way or another. You know, that's, there's a lot of room for philosophical conversations on that, but we're going to keep it pretty simple today. God planned that the nature of an apple seed would be that it grows into an apple tree and gives forth apples. Or let's talk about a statue, which is a lot like talking about a desk here. Let's talk about Michelangelo putting together the beautiful Pieta. The material cause is the marble. It's the marble. The formal cause is the shape of the statue. It's the shape of the statue. If it loses its shape, it's no longer the pieta. It's no longer that same sculpture. That's the form, the formal cause. The efficient cause is Michelangelo there with his little chisel and hammer going to town. Uh, he's cranking it out. He's, he's making it. He's, you know, he is affecting this cause of the statue. And the final cause was Michelangelo, perhaps in prayer, perhaps in talking with other people. He's formulating a, a design. He's looking at the marble. What does the marble have inside of it? If you want to get poetic. Oh, I see the, the virgin mother holding her, her, her dead son. And it's, it's there in the marble. And I'm just going to release it now. You know, this is the final cause. It's the first in origin. He's thinking at about, he's thinking about it before he's carving, but it's the last to be fulfilled. It's the last to be fulfilled. The form takes place step by step. The matter's there kind of at the beginning. The efficient cause is throughout the whole process, but the final cause has already been there, but it's not yet been fulfilled. Uh, a, f a final example, um, because this will regard anything that is true anything that is real, even if it is uh, an intellectual idea uh, or, or rather a reality that our brains can abstract into an idea. So we'll use beauty as a piece of this. A beautiful sunrise, a beautiful sunrise. 
Well, the material cause is all the different uh, the scattering effects in the sky, the dust in the air, the 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 nature of light that kind of refracts in different ways. That's the material cause. The formal cause is a little bit more abstract with this here. The formal cause of a sunrise would be that it's at the beginning of the day, uh, the, the sun is poking above the horizon and it is giving a particular beginning. It doesn't always have to be beautiful, but, but frequently is. Uh, the efficient cause is the fact that the earth spins, you know, the earth spins, the earth spins, and the light uh, hits differently. The final cause, well, a beautiful sunrise is planned by God. Beauty is planned by God for the world. He is all beautiful, so it's kind of fitting that his creation reflects him in various ways, and one of those ways must be beauty. Don't must, it does not, it's not necessary. But the nature of goodness is to diffuse itself, and beauty is certainly good. So beauty in its goodness diffuses itself. The eternal divine beauty will diffuse itself into the creation that, that we have. So what do you think about that? I hopefully I hope that's nice and interesting and good. Now we'll we'll have a little bit of a just to conclude here, a little bit of a, mm, a brain teaser, if you will. It's kind of a it's more than a hypothetical question, but if we were talking to atheists and or agnostics, this would be a hypothetical question that we would propose. If there was to be a self-sufficient being, what must it be like? What would be its qualities? What would be its characteristics? If there was something that was self-sufficient, that did not have another being for its cause, well, the first thing we learn is it must be uncaused. If it's sufficient for itself, it's not going to come from another being, well, then it is uncaused. Itself is its own reason for its existence. Second, it must be eternal. It must have always been there. If it began to be, then it would have a beginning. And if it has a beginning, it uh, the thing that was beforehand must have had the... the, uh, the oh my gosh, potency. Potency, couldn't think of the word. Potency to become this uncaused thing. But that's kind of a violation of <laughs> our principles of logic here. If, if something comes into being and it has the potency to become that, then already it's, it's got a cause and it's no longer self-sufficient. So it has to have always existed. It must be eternal. It cannot have a being. Uh, all things that have a beginning must begin with a cause outside of itself. We can also recognize that it has to be unchanging. Unchanging. It's not going to rise to a higher level of being. Nope, 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 nope. It will not. Uh, it is sufficient for itself. It has no limits on its own being. Uh, fourthly, it must be simple. It can't be a, compo a compound of parts. Uh, it can't have matter because matter is its own cause. Um, is a one of the dimensions of causing. It can't have a form or limitations of, of essence, uh, which would have different uh, limitations with it. Nope, nope, nope. It has to not have those parts. It can't have those parts. It cannot have parts. If it has parts, it has matter. 
And if it has matter, then it, there's a causality there. And if it has a causality, then it's no longer self-sufficient. So it must be simple. It cannot have parts. And it can't be a part of any system. Because if you're a part of a system, then you're dependent on that system. <laughs> you're a part of it, you know. It can't be a part of any system. Uh, we could also say it is qualitatively infinite in perfection. It is qualitatively infinite in perfection. And we say this because all being has certain qualities to it, by just simply by the nature of action. And so this self-sufficient being, because it ha can't have limitations, because it can't have potency, it can't be subject to change because it's self-sufficient in itself, well, it will then have, if being is good, it will have being uber-perfectly. If, if it is one, it will have supremely perfect unity. If being is act, this will be the most pure possible form of act. Act in the act of being itself. So it is, we'll go through this list here again. Uh, if there were to be a self-sufficient being, which we believe there is, his name is God, then it has to be uncaused, it has to be eternal, it has to be unchanging, it has to be simple, it can't be part of a system, and it must be perfect in or qualitatively infinite in its perfection so fun little facts there at the end a little brain teaser to cue us off for the next time when we look at the existence of god can we come up with a philosophical argument for that well we shall see thanks for tuning in please share this with a friend or family member loved one enemy whoever you like uh subscribe you know, leave an excellent review. Five stars are only permitted, nothing less, nothing more, because it's not permitted, it's not possible. There's no potency to give six stars, I don't believe. So, anyways, God bless y'all. Follow Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Adios, amigos. Bye.